Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about enthusiasm, emotions, and a part one of the interview with Mark Bryan. Welcome to The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a girl who, according to her, I've got way too much hype. <laughs> I literally just said that. I know. That's why I used it as an intro, because it was it's relevant. It's relevant, because I've got a lot of hype. Too much hype. Too much hype. What, what, can, what is too much hype? What, what, too much hyper. What is too the, much energy consumed in your giant man baby body. <laughs> you just call me a man baby. What, what is the problem with being just a little bit enthusiastic? Not just a little bit enthusiastic. What? You are so enthusiastic, I wouldn't be surprised if you blew this house up. Right, what, what is the problem with being enthusiastic? Too enthusiastic. What, 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 enthusiastic. what counts as to too enthusiastic? Turn the dial down. To, to, from what to what? From 10 to 5. I'd rather turn it up to 11. What if 11 blows the house up? It won't blow. Right, enthusiasm has never created an explosion. <laughs> ever. Not by itself. But bad ideas and enthusiasm don't... Blowing off in a match has created an explosion, but enthusiasm has never created an explosion. Would you like to do your intro? No, it doesn't seem to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or have I got way too much hype for your intro? Yeah, because you're just... just gonna, just... Do, do your intro. Go do your intro. Old age made him emotional. It's Chris James. <laughs> the man with too much hype and too much emotion, apparently. Yeah. Old age. I don't know if it was old age that made me emotional, but I am a lot more emotional than I used to be. Definitely. Are you? No. No. <laughs> You're less emotional I'm now, less aren't emotional. you? Since when? Since uh, ten. 10. <laughs> oh, the heady days when I was ten. Now I'm fifteen. Oh, the the those were the days, Charlotte. Those were the days. I had hair and you had... Not. Uh, <laughs> not hair. Not hair. Um, <laughs> now you have. Yeah, you've got long hair now, haven't you? So, can we let out... Right, can we talk merch? Can we talk merch? It's can, still there. It's, it still will be there. It's, it's still there. It's still available. If you want it, go and get it. You've got T-shirts, polo shirts. Um, more stuff and more stuff. More loads, loads of stuff. And you can find it all at www.thekindnessproject.co.uk forward slash merch. <laughs> Is that how you say it? Mm. Merch. Merch. Um, we, we got ourselves some Kindness Project t-shirts and they're quite cool. Oh, yeah. I'm taking mine to Japan this week. It's actually, I already packed them out. Um, I'm have you not? No, I leave it hanging in my wardrobe. I am taking the Kindness Project t-shirt on tour and I'm going to get a photo of me wearing it somewhere in I'll Tokyo. I'll the bag, but I'll only wear it, wear it for sentimental reasons. What do you mean wear it for sentimental reasons? We can get a picture together. Where, though? You know what I want to get a picture, a, a picture of? Us walking across the busiest street in the world yeah, wearing our Kindness... Was it Akihabara? No, um... Shibuya? Shibuya. Yeah, Shibuya Road with our Kindness Project t-shirts on. That would be amazing. Or is that too hype? No, it's pretty amazing. All right, okay, cool. It's worthy of hype. It's uh, not worthy of hype. It doesn't get... Well, why isn't just like a normal Wednesday or Tuesday worthy of hype? Because it's Tuesday. (laughs) When when are you allowed to be hypey? 
Thursday onwards. Thursday till when? Thursday onwards. So, would it, th- Thursday till what day do we stop being hype? Until the hype runs out. The hype never runs Usually out. Usually it's Monday. Usually it's Monday. Monday at what time? When you wake up. When you wake up Monday morning. So if I woke up at three o'clock on a on a Monday morning, um, you'd want to go back to bed at three o'clock in the morning. Okay, right. Let, let me understand the hype rules because um, I'm 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 confused about how much hype I should have. We're starting hype on Thursday. Because that's the day you realise you've only got one day left. One day left of what? The week. Okay. Of work. Okay. okay. I, I quite enjoy work. So, um, right, one day, one day of the week left. What time on Thursday am I allowed to get IRP? Lunchtime. Lunchtime. <laughs> and what are you saying? One o'clock, twelve o'clock, twelve thirty. What? One ten. <laughs> one ten and twenty-four seconds. And That's what? My lunch and what time? If I get up at three in the morning on a Sunday, can I still be IRP until most people are up? On Monday? No. Oh. On a Monday? No, I'm not. As soon as you wake up, it's gone. How about if I never go to bed? If you never go to bed? If I... If I it's gone even quicker. If, if I stay most of Sunday, wait till, I, till Monday morning at three before I go to bed, but then at ten past three, just as I'm going to bed, run in and go, I'm hurt! How would that go? I don't know. Will I stab you? Will I slap you? <laughs> <laughs> nice, charming. I think. I think. Yeah, I would stab I've, me asleep. You know what's really interesting? I've just looked at how loud that was on the, uh, like the, um, the audio the equipment we use, the Wiggly Line thingy audio equipment we use, and I've got a feeling Russell is going to kill me, and perhaps you, dear listener, because uh, because it was very loud. So apologies for that. Um, would you like to let our listeners know where they can get a hold of us? Nah, you do this week. <laughs> I'm just um, you're on Twitter and you put Ola Kindness, and then at Facebook you do Ola Kindness, or is it The Kindness Project? Just one of you two. <laughs> Ola Kindness. Yeah, and then Ola at thekindnessproject.co.uk is our email because we're fabulous people, of course, we use email. Yeah. Not barbarians. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Only barbarians use the facts. I got a fax the other day. I received a fax, <laughs> right? And the only time I ever get a fax, I haven't got a real fax machine. I use an electronic system that emails me a fax. Um, and it was um, it was a offer to lease a car. Now, when does that ever work? I know what I'll do because I run a car leasing firm. I'm going to send 100,000 faxes to see if... It, in 2019, to see who fancies the new Mercedes, <laughs> I don't want. A, I don't want a car from a firm that sends me a fax. Or is that too hype? No, that's angry. Angry. You're allowed angry. to be angry. You just can't be hype. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fair enough. I still don't understand the difference. However, <laughs> we have got an amazing. Or is that too hype? Question <laughs> of the podcast. And it's one that I'm particularly excited about. You're hyped about it. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I'm not allowed to be hyped because it's not Thursday yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or or Friday. Friday or Saturday or Sunday. Sometimes when the hype starts... Decreasing, but it's all Ah, but the problem is this podcast goes out on Thursday. So it's like... The podcast comes out and everyone's happy. Yeah, I know, but, but... 
am I acting like it's Thursday because people are going to be listening to this on a Thursday? It's Tuesday. Okay. It's Tuesday, and I am waiting for the days to go by. Two and a half days. <sighs> yeah, because we're off to Japan soon, aren't we? Yeah, yeah that'd be Friday. amazing. Friday. So, Saturday, we're flying out. I don't know when you're going to Friday. My flight's on Saturday. No, <laughs> Are you flying before me or what? We're going to the, uh, the, the, the airport hotel thingy. We are, Friday. Friday. Yeah, because so. our, our flight is early in the morning. However, let me give you a question of the podcast. It's turned into Wish You Were Here or some sort of travel show. Uh, question of the week is you, Charlotte Dames, mm-hmm. are on the final of the great... British Bake Off. Oh. You've got Paul Hollywood. You've got Prue. You've got the short woman. You've got Mary Berry's not on it anymore. You've got the short woman. You've got the guy from um, the weird... um, The weird lanky guy. The guy who's really funny. uh, Noel um, Fielding um, is on it, right? However... Can we go back to Mary Berry then? No. You loved Mary Berry, didn't you? I love Mary Berry again. However... You don't know what to bake for your final show to start by. They've not given you any guidance. You can bake whatever you want. You're under pressure. What are you going to bake? Cheesecake. But just a normal cheese. That's hardly a showstopper, is it? Well, this is a showstopper. This could be the difference between you winning Bake Off or losing. What am I going to make? I'm gonna make a cheesecake. A multi-tiered cheesecake. Uh, multi-tiered cheesecake. With human faces in it. Right, a Mount Rushmore cheesecake. Is that what you're gonna do? <laughs> a Mount Rushmore cheesecake. I'd do it. Ma- right, whose face are you gonna put in it? Mine. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on Bake Off. Who's that? Oh, it's my dad. <laughs> Why are you putting my face in a cheesecake? I like it. You know what my idea is? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know what? Just my face and a cheesecake. I like the idea of... Just your face. My face. Your yeah. face. Mum face. So face. Yeah, yeah. Paul Hollywood is going, who are these people? My, yeah, that's me family and I love them to bits. Uh, and you're going to eat the cheesecake yeah. and enjoy it because it has my yeah, love in it. Yeah, you know, you know what? Paul Hollywood. That's me dad. <laughs> He's a bit hype, but he's all right. I love him. Um, That's ha- my family, and I, love <laughs> and I thought I'd better show that in this one. Oh, oh, actually, I like that. Can I tell you my idea? Yeah. Right? A massive cake in the shape of a Russian doll. And then you open the cake up. It's got another. Why are you rolling your eyes at that? It's got another Russian doll inside. And then you open that one up. And it's got another Russian doll inside. And then you open that one up. Should I go on and on? I can. I, I can. But I reckon eight or nine Russian dolls, each with different flavours, each look, looking slightly differently. Uh, that would be my idea Who of would you make the Russian dolls off? <laughs> I'd make one of you, one of me. One of, if, if we're going family related, why not just have a family of Russian dolls? Because we're not Russian. Yeah. I know, but but Russian dolls dolls aren't always in a Russian style, are they? You're not Russian. I know we're not. Ru- <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I've never been on a cheesecake before. That doesn't stop me being on one now, does it? Christ, I know we're not Russian. Right, anyway, <laughs> listeners, um, would you like to let us know? <laughs> 
Don't get too hyped because otherwise, you know, you'll get in trouble. But, but uh, you can get as hyped as you like because for you it's Thursday. Yeah, but they might be listening on a Monday. Don't get hyped. <laughs> but get as hyped as you like, but tell us what would you choose as your great British bake-off finale showstopper. And what do you think Paul Wally would think? Because he's stuck around for a while. And if you want to put your dad's face in it, no worries for that. Should we get on with the show? Do it. So this week on our uh, interview of the week, we've got an amazing guy, Okay, a guy called Mark Bryant. Now, Mark used to be a policeman. Uh, a detective and he's got a bunch of amazing stories telling us about his detective but now he is a representative for no other than the queen good on the queen she's uh, got what do you mean good on the queen mark's doing the work the queen's just sitting at home no she sounds like she's got a pretty spiffy representative he, no he's amazing and i didn't realize this was a job but apparently uh, the Queen has representatives around the country yeah. for um, events, to attend events that she can't get to. Yeah. Um, so Mark's role is a Lord Lieutenant, and his job is to uh, uh, attend events, and there's two in Havering, attend events in Havering on behalf of one person, your Majesty the Queen. Your Majesty the Queen. Our Majesty the Queen. She may not be Your Majesty. Shall we listen to the interview? Yes. So uh, I'm joined today by Mark. Thanks for coming along, Mark. I really appreciate it. Um, just want us to have a chat about what you do, some of the stories you can tell us, um, the work you do as the representative of the Queen. I think that'd be quite interesting to talk about. Um, there's so much, like the years in the police, the years in the army cadets, what you've done. But first. Just tell us a little bit about you. Well, I was born in Barking in 1946. Okay. And my first house that I can recall living in yep. uh, was that the houses around had been bombed and it okay. was unfit for habitation. Yep. But the, the local council built a new estate there called Thamesby Estate. Okay. And basically it housed all the, the Barking people. Yeah. And uh, we had a bath. Okay. Instead of the unusual, tin bar, unusual. <laughs> nobody had bars. Just a tin bar. You know what? You know what? I um, I uh, my dad's from. Uh, I'm I'm from Kenny originally. My dad's from uh, Custom House, and he always. He, I, it's funny because he's a similar age to you, uh, and I always remember him saying him not having a bath, and me finding that really weird because sort of I've always lived in a living in a house with a bath, and he used to go to the public baths. Yeah. Um, yeah public bar. Yeah, and he used to tell me, he used to love going to the public bars, having to shout out a number um, and go, more hot water on three. Um, but he used to shout, always shout out his mate's number and give him more cold water. <laughs> he's going, cold water on five. He's, like, he's not even in five, he's in two. But yeah, so you had a bath. I had a bath. But yeah. we, had, we still had a bath in the tin bath. Being the youngest, gotcha. I, I bathed in everybody else's water. <laughs> yeah. So you were at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so, but it was surrounded by barking marshes, and I always wanted to be out, and I was always yeah. out on, on the marshes looking for animals, gotcha, and stuff like that. And I had a dog, uh, an old mongrel that used to uh, look after us. Yeah, and uh, so that's how I spent my life. But a lot of my friends were, were getting into trouble, and some of them went on to be quite major criminals. Okay, really good friends of mine when I was younger, but. 
I didn't want that. Yeah. And I, I found out about the Army Cadet Force. Yeah. So I joined the Army Cadet Force at 12. Okay. I really wanted to be in the Air Training Corps, but they wouldn't let you fib about your age. Okay. Because you had to be 13. But the Army... Let you in. Let yeah. How old were you at the time? 12. 12. Yeah. And I loved it. Gotcha. Day one. But I used to take my kit to my uncle's, who was a wartime soldier, and it wasn't cleaning it out the window and throw it out. Gotcha, gotcha. So if it was raining, yeah. it doesn't matter. So yeah. you, you soon learn how to do that. But when I was 19, um, I, I'd been going out with my, my wife then for, for some time. Okay. And I, I got the Queen's Commission. I went up before an old-fashioned war office selection board, which was quite something for, for a boy from, uh, from the council estate. Because the chair you sat on was a wooden chair, but they'd cut six inches off. <laughs> so, so, so you were to bright down. You were squatting down. Gotcha. And the, and the five officers that grilled you and questioned yeah. you were sitting on a raised stand. Gotcha. So you had that yeah. as your place. That I mean, that is so that that's so on purpose, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It yeah. is to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It, it does bring something out of you. Gotcha. You know, if if you were shy and retiring, yeah, then you wouldn't. But they didn't want shy and retiring. Yeah. So it was a test, isn't it? It was a to test. A extent. Yeah. And I managed to get through that. Good. Much of the surprise of many people. Okay. But um, I got through that, and I became a detachment commander, which was which was uh, very good. Mm. But I, I went on uh, stayed with the Army Cadet Force until four years ago, so okay. over fifty years. Okay. And I went from uh, a second lieutenant detachment commander. To being responsible for all the army cadet force in London, gotcha. in public schools. I had a regular army training team of 25 people. Yeah. So, it was, it was good. But for 20 years of that, I ran an outreach uh, project where we used to take really difficult um, youngsters that had been in trouble. From London. From London, okay. all over London. Yeah. To a battle camp in Wales. Okay. Where they trained the special forces. Okay. And some of these kids have never used a knife and fork in their life. Right. And all they all they had was um, kebabs, KFC. Gotcha. Yeah, life. gotcha. Carrots had never seen. You know, to explain what carrots were. It's mad, isn't it? So yeah. that was a, that was the kids. But nobody ever really shat them. They and the blokes I had working for me were all from the same background as me. Really tough kids. Gotcha. Really the top of their game comes to the cadet forces mm. and a lot of them are ex-army that have come into the cadet forces. Yeah, yeah. So they were really good and they understood these kids. Yeah. And Because they were from similar environments to and them. by the end of the week uh, these kids were mar- wanted to march and they were marching yeah. around. And really... So it's a really interesting point you make. Do you think kids from that background want discipline? Or do they want to belong. Yeah, they want to be part of the team. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've, Later on, I talked about the police service. Yeah. A lot of gang culture is they want to belong yeah. to a it's group. Family, it's family, right? It's family. family. Yeah. And the rules, that they've got rules. They've yeah. got their own discipline. Yeah. Not our rules. Of discipline. Yeah. It's hierarchy. And they yeah. want to belong. They want to be part of something. Gotcha. Yeah. And the average was part of something good. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the thank you. Thanks, man. Too. A lot of the, uh, the youngsters went on to come into the Army Cadet Force. Yeah. And really, and I've seen some of them Strive. years on. Yeah. They've got their own businesses. Yeah. And these were kids that everybody rubbished. Mm. But that, I used to say to them, look, I don't care what your background is, today is what counts. Gotcha. Tomorrow yeah. is tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
whatever you've done, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah, matter. yeah. But as long as you don't do yeah. it from when And they, a lot of youngsters, when you said that to them, you could see it was like a lie. Gotcha. Gotcha. How many of those kids define their self by their past and not their future? Do you know what I mean? It's that, it's that sort of... Don't matter. Don't, like, that, what you do from here on in is the key, isn't it's it? It's the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can put it harder. And, and prejudice, it's, yeah, it's yeah. harder. Yeah. And they say, but, but you're right. I say, but don't you think I'll suffer prejudice? Yeah, yeah it was a different... Because where you live. Yeah, it's a different environment, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it is different, but it's the same. Yeah. They've, they've still got the same barriers. Yeah, we exactly. We yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I think a lot of it is, is made into an industry. Gotcha. And, yeah, yeah. And they can't yeah. seem to break that. Yeah. Kids are labelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. change that perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't always say, look, turn up smart. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. This, yeah, yeah. And when you walk through the door, the same as that man. Yeah. When I, when I, and, I and I'll speak about that now because obviously we're going back on it. When I left school at 15, I had no qualifications. Gotcha. Like many of my generation, we went and did the secondary education. If you were really bright, you didn't get to a secondary school, you went to a grammar school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they taught us, to, and they brought us as factory fodder to work in the factory. Gotcha. Yeah. Woodwork classes, metalwork classes, three R's, a bit of history, yeah. British history, yeah. what, where you come from, what you back. But effectively, the idea was you come out and work at a factory. You'd go in a factory. Gotcha. So I started off at a firm in Bargain called Gilby Engineering that made uh, parts for vehicles. Okay. My job was working eight hours a day on a lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miller machine. I yeah. can still do it there in my sleep. <laughs> but I wanted, I had an interest in electricity and I wanted to uh, to be an electrician. Okay. So I used to go around in all my spare time looking for a job, but because I didn't have any qualifications, I didn't get a job. Yeah, yeah. And I went to a firm called J.H. Heyman in Freshwater Bargain, which was the electrical contractors. And I went in there and I saw the lady, Margaret, um, and asked her, and she said, no, you haven't got any qualifications. Friendships. But it was an old fashioned prefab building where the doors were like um, smoking wire blocks. Yeah, I know what you mean. Which was yeah. standard factory. And I saw this shadow the other side, obviously coming into the door as I was on my way out. So I opened the door and I must have been standing to attention. <laughs> and this guy, Reg Forsher, um, he, he was a wartime sergeant, an infantryman. And he looked at me and he, he looked kept looking me up and down. Gotcha. Sergeant, sergeant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, boy, what do you do? So I said, you know, I'm looking for... No, no, no. He said, what do you do outside of work? I said, well, I'm in the Army Cadet Force. Oh, yeah, what do you do there? I said, well, I'm a sergeant. He said, you're 15 years old. You're a sergeant. How did you get that? I said, well, I worked. So yeah. I the courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I got promotion. He went, come with me. And he said to Margaret, there is a vacancy, give it to Yeah, make it, make one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got an apprenticeship as an electrician and I served my time there. And I finished up as a junior engineer for the company at okay. 27. But I had this passion about the cadet force and working with youngsters. Um, and I saw an advertisement for the Metropolitan Police. Okay. And I was running a building, a building at the old Batsy Power Station. So I applied for the Metropolitan Police. At 27? At 27. Right, okay. 26, 20, yeah, just 27. Okay. I had two children. Okay. And, uh... What did, um, what did the missus say? 
Well, I had a chance with a short service commission. Okay. I for three years, so she didn't want that, so I chose to play. <laughs> and she was a bit confused. Well, why do you want to be a policeman? I said, well, I, I, you know, I want to be a policeman. And I remember my last pay packet was £92 a week. My first pay packet at the train school was £23 a week. Gotcha, gotcha. It was a big gulp. So it was, it was a step down in pay, yeah. but it was what you wanted to do, right? But uh, it was something that I, uh, that I saw. And where did that where did that aspiration originally come from? Was it was it like never as a kid you thought that's what you wanted to do, or was it later in life when you had your experience in in the cadets? Yeah, and I, we had our local police officers, and I used to torment them. To me. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, but I had this passion. I wanted to do something. Yeah, yeah. In a, in, an, in a uniformed organisation, and I just happened to to be. It just fell in. Yeah, it just fell into it. Yeah, yeah. I was a little bit older, obviously. Yeah. I did the, the training school, and they made me class captain. Okay. Because I was the oldest, and a good friend of mine, Les Wright, he still lives around in there. He just came out and rained. So okay. Us class captains, and we've been friends ever since. But I remember once some of these they used to do like in the army, then you stood toe to toe and punched ten bells out of each other. Gotcha. That was to see if you wouldn't run away. And gotcha. Yeah. So that was very difficult. Okay. The, the training you had to learn whole passages were perfect by mm. the next day. Yeah. You had to get 75%. Yeah. Backloaded you once and then that was it. Yeah. But it was a good. And then I went to Dagnum. Okay. I posted to Dagnum. And I remember I walked in there and I pressed my, my kit up like I did in my army uniform because it was the same. Yeah. Brown, it was. Yeah, blue. Yeah. As I walked in, they had a collators officer there, which was the intelligence cell for each police station. Mm. And I walked in there, and there was a guy there, he's passed on there, it's Jack Stansfield. He took one look at me, and he knew me from the estate. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, I won't say, on <laughs> why is someone like you joining the Metropolitan Police? Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Used to torment him. Gotcha, so you used to chase you around, and yeah. <laughs> suddenly you were... We became really good friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good friends. And yeah. he came from the same background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I started off at Dagnum, but I was one of those people, I'm nosy. Gotcha. And I had the... Um, the good fortune to be a, what they called a thief taker. Okay, yeah. I'd see people, I'd nosy about people's movements and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, <coughs> I used to arrest a lot of people for crime. <laughs> and my forte was burglars. Okay. A friend of mine, Ian McLeod, he was a parking boy as well. <laughs> and he was, he'd, he'd come out of the army. And of a night time, well, in the collector's office, they had a huge map. Okay. So if you had stolen vehicles, they put a... a different kind of pin, so you knew where the hotspots were. Okay. And you could track the movement of burglars. Yeah, yeah, you could see them moving around. So what we did, we used to go out and we put cotton across the end, because Dagnum is full of back alleys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we put cotton across in a block. Gotcha. And we get the tipex, the old... Correction fluid. Correction yeah, yeah, yeah. And we put that on the, on the uh, cotton. Okay. I could see it. Yeah, yeah. So when it wasn't there, you knew it had been broken. Gotcha. And then I used to go into the alleys and wait in the alley. Now, the old council houses in Dagnum had little windows in the back door about six inch pane. Okay. And when they broke, they made a sound that was like. That was shattering. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. shattering. It was like a flat shatter. Okay. So okay. Right? And then you'd hear the burglar come down. Footsteps. The alley. Yeah. Because yeah. it always came out the same way as they went in. Gotcha. 
and uh, we'd wait in the dark <laughs> in uniform. Yeah. And as they walk past. What, in a bush or no, like no, the alleys are all little alcoves. Yeah, yeah, so there's loads of. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So there's always somewhere and to write. You can hear the crunch of glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you put their hand on their shoulder, yeah. as they pass you, there was a sound that was like nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Most of them had to wash their trousers. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it went on from there. And if I jump forward before I jump back, when my mum died, I, I looked after her effects. And there were two pieces of local paper there. One was, man runs into a burning building five times to rescue people. Okay. And walked away afterwards. Okay. That was my brother. Okay. He should have got a very high wall, but he just ran into this building, children. So was he was he in the in fire no, service? He just no, he was walking he was just walking down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw the place and ran gotcha, in. Gotcha, gotcha. Ran in, ran in, ran out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there was another one. Burglars breathe a sigh of relief. DC Brian has been transferred. <laughs> so when you moved on, it was like sort of yeah. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah. Dagenham was a, a fantastic place to work. Gotcha. The people, the, you know, Dagenham people, they stayed there. They were yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of crime going on. Do you, do you think, because when you, you said something really interesting about being curious, do you think um, that curiosity, just in life in general, is, is a quite a good trait to have? Because I, I actually think, like, especially people from a sort of a working class background, or whatever you want to call it, the ones that I know that have done well are the ones that just carry on asking questions. Yeah. Do, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, tell me to go, well, why, why, why can't I do that? Or why is he doing that? That curiosity is quite a nice trait good. to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I was at school, I used to ask questions all the time. Yeah. And uh, it didn't go down well. No. no. And he smacked me around the end. Gotcha. And ridiculed me in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. I've been at school for about three days. Yeah, yeah. And I never spoke to him again in four years. But that, that, that's because that environment, as you say, is trained to, to yeah. build factory fodder. They don't want you asking questions. No, <laughs> uh, but yeah, certainly I, I, uh, I absolutely agree. So you, um, you was in Dagnum, you left Dagnum, and what happened Well, then? yeah, because in the, I, I became a detective when I okay. was at Dagnum, so okay. that's where I became a detective. And when you were in the CID in those days, yeah. you only stayed at a place three years. Okay. And you, you'd come in on a Friday morning, you'd be posted Friday night. Gotcha. Didn't know where you were going. So I was on a crime squad at Dagnum. I was on a plainclothes Q car. Okay. We went around in this high-powered car, in cities, unmarked car. Yeah. Night times and all that. And we used yeah. to get, every time I did it, we did got the most arrests. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So it was, it was good. Yeah. It was good. But I, I worked with some really nice people, and some are in their 90s now. And an old boy called Johnny Farron, auntie, used to call him he said to me look you come in the police he said you're 27 years old he says don't do anything he said to help them on their way right he said because they will always come again and always do your job be a professional so no one can come up to you and say you've done something bad. gotcha gotcha and that's right the way through my police career and training other young policemen that's always stuck with me yeah yeah you know, and I used to say to these young police, if you do something for the best will in the world, but it's against the law, yeah. you get caught, you go to prison, what would yeah. your children think of your dad? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were your children's friends saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was... Yeah. I mean, my, my dad, when I joined, he wasn't a lover of the police. Gotcha. And he said to me, they'll corrupt you. Interesting. And I, and I never answered my dad back until that day, 27 years old. Gotcha. I pointed at him. I said, if they corrupt me, you haven't done your job. Interesting. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think back then and, and today there is a problem with corruption in police? No, I don't think there is. Okay. There is, all, it's, there's a there, there, is there, there is corruption. Yeah. Wherever you go, there is corruption. Yeah, yeah. But I found that the people that wanted to work with me and I wanted to work with them, they were really yeah. good people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you talk about corruption, some people did things not by the book, yeah, yeah. not for the wrong reasons. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. For the right reasons, you know. Yeah. This guy, he'd done something, but yeah. they didn't do it. And people, yeah, they, it wasn't malicious intention. No, it no, was, it yeah, but yeah, were, yeah. Like everything, there are there were people there. Yeah, yeah. Were, were corrupt. But, but as we, I mean, as we've already said, you know, I think most people generally want to do the right thing they at do. all times. Why do you know? join the police? Yeah, exactly. Is that don't join the police to be criminal? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You join the police because you want to do something. Yeah, you want to do some good. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and the, I've met some brave, resourceful policemen. So we might come back to the police stories because I'm always uh, I'm always fascinated by them. But uh, I know now you uh, you're a deputy lieutenant, I, right? Lieutenant, yeah. Yeah, lieutenant. Sorry. Um, so help me understand what that means. Well, as I say, I for my background, my police and the and I was in the TA as well as the cadets. Um, I was finished up as a, an area commandant for the North East London. Okay. And I was asked if I'd like to become a deputy lieutenant. Okay. And I didn't m- know much about the lieutenancy. But the lieutenancy goes back to the 11th century. Okay. When all the shires, the, the king appointed a lord lieutenant, his job was to raise forces for the ground and put down rebellion. Okay. That was their job. It's not the same now, Mark, no, it's is not. it? <laughs> Obviously, we're involved. Yeah. So each of the counties has a lord lieutenant. Yeah. That position is a, is a Queen's appointment. Okay. Each Lord Lieutenant can appoint Deputy Lieutenants. He has a Vice Lord Lieutenant, which is another yeah. Queen's appointment. But he has Deputy Lieutenants to assist him in his work in the, around the shires. Okay. Uh, the, the shires. But obviously, in London, it's so big. Gotcha. They have, in each of the 32 boroughs, they have what's called a representative Deputy Lieutenant. Okay. So I was made uh, a deputy lieutenant because of my work with the Army Cadet Force, yeah. the outreach projects, yeah. all I did. Yeah, the work you've been doing. Supposed to be an outstanding doing. citizen. Okay. So they do miss You're doing a decent they, yeah, job. They, they, <laughs> You're they doing the right, Mark. <laughs> so, uh, but obviously it's changed, and we've, we've had a new Lord Lieutenant. When I, when I got it, Sir David Brewer was a former Lord Mayor of London. He was a Lord Lieutenant. Okay. But I went for an interview, which was at a lunch. And other people that we didn't know that it was an interview. Gotcha, yeah. So you're invited to a lunch, yeah, a formal chat, yeah. and yeah. And I got talking to a guy called Sir Paul Grant, who was a headmaster of the Robert Clank School. Okay. And when he took over the school, his life was under threat. Gotcha. From uh, the old National Front, as it was. Right. He'd had a uh, firebomb in his house, etc. Gotcha. But I was one of, the detec- one of the detectives that was. 
helping him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't know. Yeah. We were there, we were getting all the evidence, arresting these people. Gotcha. And we got talking. And we've been firm friends since. Awesome. And it's right. lovely. So I got, uh, I got you get a, a different commission. It's a Lord Lieutenant's commission. So that came about two months after. So I got another letter from him yeah. asking me to become the representative yeah. of the borough. Okay. Each of the boroughs have got a representative. Yeah. Now, in short, our role is to uphold the dignity of the Crown. Okay. We represent Her Majesty, um, presenting awards, Queen's Award for Industry. And just lately, in the last three years, we've been helping to officiate on the British Empire Medal Awards at the Tower of London. Okay. But in short, our role is to bring communities together. Okay. So it's coercion, it's helping yeah. people get together. We get yeah. different groups. I mean, yeah. in Havering, we've got some fantastic people. Yeah, yeah. We've got um, the local mosque, we've got the local um, synagogue, and uh, we get them talking. You know what's interesting as well? I think breaking down those barriers and just getting two blokes or two people, two women, whatever it is in the room, you that's when the, you start to understand how similar we all are, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I can give you an instance. Yeah, yeah. Lee Sunderland, who's the, uh, the rabbi, he made his prisoners go to the mosque. Mm. And they had a young lady there, a Muslim girl, and she explained Islam. And, you, and I'm sort of, I'm a people watcher, and I was watching <laughs> and you had old people from both communities, and they're nudging each other and saying, well, that's what... We do that. We yeah, do that. yeah. We do that. Gotcha. So after a while, they start talking. And it's just like old ladies talking. Yeah. They're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had so much in common. Yeah. And then I, I sort of give a little talk on a tree, what I call, I made it out as a tree of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? We're the trunk, we're the tree, there's a trunk, it's got many branches, yeah, yeah. it's got many roots. We're all from the we're same the tree. Same. We're yeah. all from the same tree. Yeah, exactly. And we, part of the conversation was about good people. Good people don't speak up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bad people speak up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why they get their way. Yeah, it's fun. Good yeah. people don't speak up. Yeah, yeah. And my message when I go and I do the, the, the Sikh community, all the different communities, is the good people have got to speak up. Yeah. So what did you think of Mark? He's all right too. He's all right, aren't he? Yeah, he's, he's good. Right. Well, next week we're going to be talking to Mark again and hearing a lot more of his amazing stories and he'll be answering the questions of the podcast. Question of the podcast? Woo! Shall we get on with the end of the show? Yes. Oh, that went up in frequency and intonation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, you're such a risk taker. You're such a rebel. Do you, can you remember what last week's question of the podcast was? No. It was an amazing one, and we got a really good response to that. Don't get too high. What? <laughs> I'll get as high as you want. Uh, I'll get as high as I want for a Tuesday, because obviously there's a hype limit for a Tuesday. Um, the question, question of the week is... Five, you're, you're currently at nine, you want to scale it back. I'm going up to 15. Uh, what gadget... I'm going up to 12. What gadget do you look back on and wear and go, OMG, I can't believe I own that. Because for me, I spoke about this last week, but it was my pager. 
I had a pager at one point that yeah, was... a new page for your mum. That is true. That is true. So... Now that I text, I actually text more people than just my mum. But, all right. You were just... you Right, listen. You were talking about your great British Bake Off cake and putting a photo, uh, a, an image of your dad and your mum on the great British Bake Off cake. Yeah, I love her, but having, having her be the only person I text sounds a little bit... Sad. Twas a different time. Twas a different. <laughs> Twas a different era. However, I am not the only one who's embarrassed of gadgets. We've got a decent amount. Brian Hill is a bit embarrassed. It's not really a gadget, but he's, he, he is a bit embarrassed of his uh, quality camel-coloured wooden beaded car seat cover. So he used to have one of them, apparently. Kath uh, Keat said. I had a first Motorola's cell phone, and it weighed a ton. They were massive. They were like brick size back in the day. Have you ever, have you ever seen? I've seen them. Seen them? I, I'm, a, I'm aware of Motorola's work. Um, Sharon Adkins said she had a Dits phone for no obvious reason. Simon Burke had a CD Walkman. Nothing wrong with, it, uh, with a Walkman. Have you had a Walkman? No, there's nothing wrong with them. No, I know, but when you put CDs in it, and CDs... Skip all the time. That is, an, is a bit of an issue. Um, Lucy Patrick says, I bet Charlotte doesn't know what half of these things are, so we'll test that in a minute. But I had an encyclopedia set on a floppy disk. I know what an encyclopedia is. Do you, what know what, do you know what a floppy disk is? Well, they're the, the weird the, the, the box discs thingies, and you put information on them. They're not a floppy disk. Oh, you're doing well so far. Ah. Jesus... Uh, do you know what Jesus is? <laughs> Jesus, it used to take forever to download and then you couldn't find what you were looking for. Google has replaced the encyclopedia. Oh, Wikipedia has replaced the encyclopedia. It was actually quicker to look through the books. Um, Mikey Fitzgerald, friend of the show, oh, so is Lucy, clearly, said, as someone that now has a pet robot, I see no regrets in any gadget purchase I've ever made. Um, uh uh, Serena Duffy had a recorder like Macaulay Culkin, Culkin in Home Alone. Have you seen Home Alone? A recorder like a fluty recorder or? No, a. A, a video recorder? A vi- no, a, a voice recorder. Oh. Luckily, Argos, do you know what Argos is? Yeah. Uh, what is it? It's that shop. <laughs> it's that shop. It's the one that- I did my camera film, uh, my Polaroid film. Oh, okay, you do know it. Uh, a recorder, luckily, Argos did no cribble returns. Stu Morrison's got a list. Stu Morrison said video glasses, video camera with an inbuilt hard drive. I had one of them. Handheld steady cam. He <laughs> likes video stuff. And an original 26 inch flat screen panel TV colour so weak I had to keep my curtains closed to keep the sunshine out which is amazing uh, we do that anyway we don't have to keep the sun out I know, I know. Um, Sam Lynn said a mini disc player in the mid 90s I loved my mini disc player that was like pre iPods with these oh yeah Jane Hodges said a HP Jornado which I had to google because I didn't know what a HP Jornado was HP is not a computer brand yeah it is and they were little like um, digital organisers like uh, a digital diary before you had your diary on your phone why are you looking at me so weirdly I don't organise myself so I don't don't yeah okay fair enough Um, and that was it 
Um, there were there were a few others that we got, but they were the main ones. Um, and please feel free to continue to let us know. And please never be ashamed of your technology. It may just be an awkward phase. And on that rather strange note, um, see you next week. Bye.